two, swapping joysticks, your home with LGBTQIA+, gaming and streaming content. It is the 15th of February. It's the, you know, the Valentine's Day come down. It's when you realise, you know, is it taking a blowjob day or is that the 14th of March? I can never remember. That's a different day. Yeah, that's every day. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but welcome, I am uh, Ben Ostwick, otherwise known as Biggest Bennis, and joining me, as always, it's Ed Nightingale. Hello. Hello, Ed. How you doing? Fine. Very tired today. Tired oh. and just a bit, well, I had a cold, but it wasn't really cold. I think it was just a bug that just zapped my energy for a couple of days. Lovely. Yeah. Well, don't give it to me, please. It's I'm, Well, I'm sure you've probably, probably had it. Yeah. You're just made of stronger stuff. Oh, it's yeah. Very unlikely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, how's um, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling alright. I'm feeling alright. A little bit tired as well, but all good. Um, I am very excited about some news. Is it about the vulva? No. Okay. Um, we'll get to that. Um, I'm not normally excited about vulvas. No. Um, yeah. But there is vulva news. Um, no, I'm very excited because one of my best friends who mm-hmm. lives near to us is getting a puppy. And the puppy is currently about this big. It is tiny. Uh, and it's a cockapoo, I think. Mm. Or some sort of poo mix. Um, Two things you love. I, I love a poo. And, and um, <laughs> not at the same time. And no. um, yeah, she Nobody sent, wants a chocolate. She sent Claire. me a video. <laughs> not the chocolate Claire, Ben. Come mm. on. <laughs> Um, she sent me a video earlier of the puppy and it is just the cutest little thing and I squealed and I could tell I just, you I just knew you squealed. I just I need to meet that little puppy. She's yeah. called Georgie. I just know every time George every now and again I'm just gonna hear this Ah and I'm like, Oh <laughs> she sent him another video. Uh <laughs> it's going to be Yeah, it will be very cute. It looks I like has she only seen it how many times? This the first Twice, time, I think. Because the dog was just completely licking. It was like, I am in love with this dog. Was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the second time. That is a loving dog. Yep. If it's anything like, I mean, yeah, if it's anything like my parents who've got a Yorkie Poo. Yorkie Poo, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it will be the most loving dog ever. They yes. just want to lick, 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 lick. Yeah. As Rihanna said. Just lick, 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 lick. Yeah. I all. really want to lick, 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 lick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like she's here. It's like a superb <laughs> owl here. Uh um, but yes, I am. I am very excited about that. So um, in a couple of weeks, the puppy will be home, and I will be right round. Yeah, I cannot wait. I love a puppy. They're so fun, especially because they kind of pee and poo everywhere, and you can just leave them. But you give them lots of cuddles. You don't leave the pee and poo everywhere. Well, you do if it's their house. Oh, if it's somebody else's puppy. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you just oh, yeah, cuddle yeah. it and love it and then and then walk away and leave them with all the horrible stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh, for sure. That's yeah. that's why it's exciting when a friend gets a puppy. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like kids. It's great if your brother has kids or another family member or a cousin has kids and you see them and then you're like, okay, great. No. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I'll be back. Yeah, next time. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to vomit, you can do it over there. Thanks. Yeah. Ah, anyway, so we've so talked that's about my poo, exci- that's my exciting news. Puppies. It's not even my news either. No. Uh, what have you been up to this? We went to a concert, didn't we, on Friday night? We did. We went to see Rina Sawayama, Thank who you. was brilliant. Yeah. Um, really, really cool gig. It was. Um, 
It was done by War Child, yes. um, who sponsor the Brit Awards, which was on Saturday. So mm-hmm. um, this was a sort of pre-Brits um, gig, and it was a really cool little intimate acoustic gig. Yeah. And she did loads of country covers, and uh, it was, what, maybe three, 400 people? So it was a really small venue, and she was phenomenal. She's brilliant, yeah. I mean, I'd never heard of her before, but she was... Shockingly. Amazing. Yeah, no, I like walked in going like, not really sure who she was, although I did listen to a few songs during the day. It was weird because I bought tickets to see Jake Shears in June. And then a few minutes later, I checked my DMs and the very lovely Erinus um, had DM me saying that they couldn't go to the Rita concert. And did I want to buy tickets for that? I'm like, sure, let me go buy another couple of tickets. And it was that day. So, um, yeah, you were away, but I sent you a message being like, hey, I just got these tickets. And you were like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, it's tonight. And you're like, what? I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah, Friday was a very good day. I was away for work, which was very, very good. And then we saw the concert, which was great. Mm. Um, actually, I'm going away in a couple of weeks for work. You are. Well. You're abandoning me. Oh, it's yeah. going to be great. I have the whole place to myself. Enjoy. I'm going to have to have takeaways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no personal chef for you. No, it sucks. Can you make, like, I'll get some Tupperware and you can prepare my meals if you want. Um, no, you can learn to cook. Oh, I can't do that in like a day. Wow. <laughs> Pot noodles. And yes, just make sure you clean when you come back. Exactly. Just, uh, the problem is we don't have a microwave. So how am I meant to cook? Use the oven. Oh, that takes time and stuff. It cooks better. Mm, yeah, it does actually. I don't like microwave food. Neither do I. What, what is better in the microwave than in the oven? Nothing. Yeah, is there anything? No. No. Can't think. People make oh, a microwave cake, but then a cake in the oven. A mug better. cake. A mug cake, yeah. Popcorn. Yeah, but... Popcorn. That's true, but you can also just do it in a pan. Nobody wants to grill popcorn. <laughs> that sounds kind of no, dangerous. You do, you do it in a frying pan. Oh, with a pan. Just with a dry a frying pan and the lid on. Mm, dangerous. Can be. Yeah. Baked beans, says Hilly. Mm. I mean, you just turn your nose up at any kind of baked bean. That's true. You just heat them on the saucepan. Yeah. You're old anyway. fashioned. Yeah. I, I like. Yeah, I don't cup want a, of tea. A, a quick. <laughs> don't even suggest a cup of tea in a microwave. <laughs> That's heresy right there. Yeah, weird. Weird people. Absolutely not. Um. Yeah, so that will. Yeah, I will enjoy. Yeah, I'll have to save up a bit because I'll obviously be using Deliveroo for uh, 48 hours. But where, tell us, where are you going, Ed? I don't think I can. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to Hamburg. Yeah. Um, well, I say all this, it's, it hasn't been fully confirmed yet. But um, but yeah, in theory, I'm going to Hamburg. So that'd be nice. Um, it's a very nice city. Have you ever been to Hamburg? I've never been to Germany. Ah. Well, I've been through it on a bus and that was it. Or I coach. To, I need to learn some German. I went to Austria and we took a coach and it went all the way through. No, no, no. German, not German accent. What? <laughs> yeah. Wo ist die Bahnhof? Ah, die Bahnhof. Das ist an der rechten Seite. Mein Hund ist kaputt. Ja, And, sehr uh, gut. Das ist nicht mein Jacket. Oh, it's Jacket. der Bahnhof. Oh. I was close. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can use your German. Uh, enjoy Hamburg. Whatever that is. Café. Café, yeah. I'm presuming it's coffee. Mm. Das ist nicht mein Jacke. <laughs> 
Ich habe einen Snail in meiner Hose. Ich habe einen Snail in meiner Hose. Trousers. House. Trousers, of course. Hoses, trousers. A snail. A snake. Du hast keine Schlange in deiner Hose. <laughs> so I don't know why whenever I speak German, I, you have to do like a really strong accent. You have to. Like you just, well, I, when you I, do Spanish, you give it an Italian accent. So at least it, you're sticking to the right well, country this time. That's true. You just go, du hast keine Schlange in deiner Hose. Can you say... As opposed to, du hast keine Schlange. Like, yeah. that's that's silly. Can you say, ja, ja, kort. Ja, ja, kort. Actually, I think, because that's Norwegian, isn't it? Yeah. See, I feel like I say like any Scandinavian language in a German accent, and then any Mediterranean language in a in an Italian accent. Thomas is Norwegian. Says Pog. Let's say it again. Yaya Court. So that's what I. So I Hilly Bear, who is in the chat, literally has the first badge. You know, as the founder's badge. I went into her stream as she was playing uh, something. I can't remember what it was. Um, and been like, oh yeah, this is happy. Uh, Merry Christmas in uh, Norwegian. So she's going, yeah, yeah, caught. So it's like, oh, I'm very cultured, but it means I'm horny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, caught. <laughs> <laughs> so like, Poor Hilly. I don't know how she, I don't know why she comes back here, um, but uh, very appreciate it. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Poor Hilly. Oh, anyway, yeah, so that was this week. Have you got any plans for later this week? Um... Not particularly. Mm. Um, I should have some interesting articles coming up, though. Oh, yeah, tomorrow. In the next couple of weeks. Um, so keep an eye out on Eurogamer for some, some good stuff. Yeah. Um, so that'd be nice. Mm. And I'm seeing some friends on Sunday while you're streaming, so I get to go out and socialise. Yeah, it'd be weird be nice. going out for you, wouldn't it? How is your sausage water, Ben? Mine, uh, no, clad some Korsbad. Meaning? Clear. Clear. Clear, my sausage water is clear. That's a Swedish phrase. Uh, Sidious says, I think I know why you would be going to Hamburg. Do you? I don't think you do. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say yes or no either because, you yeah. know, secret. Mm. I'm keeping my secrets. Yeah. But I don't think what, yeah, no, on, I'm going to be streaming tomorrow. And also because you're away on Friday, um... I'm going to be streaming on Friday evening, doing a... A cheeky extra stream. A cheeky little community stream. We're going to play some Gang Beasts, some... Uh, what's it called? The other one. Um, Gang Bang? No, Gang Beasts, a Jackbox. Um, and on Saturday, I'm streaming again on Saturday and on Sunday. Oh my God, so many days in a row. A lot of streaming to come. A very short one on Saturday. There's going to be a sponsored PlayStation Plus stream. Um, I'm going to be streaming Returnal, and you're going to be helping me. Yes, I'm going to... Attempt to carry you. I haven't played it in a while. Yeah. Um, so I need to remember how to play it. But you'll be starting from scratch. So yeah, yeah, it'll yes. be great, I'm sure. And then Sunday, Final Fantasy XIV, uh, continue the main story quest. As per. As per. How is that going for you? Tell us what you've been playing. Well, I've been playing. Uh, yeah, I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV. I'm enjoying that a lot. Still, the main story. Like sticking to the main story. It's surprising how fast you go through it. I found out. I think there was like no level 19 quest. Or there's like a certain quest oh. that just doesn't exist, or a certain level that doesn't have any quests with it. Um, but yeah, no, um, maybe it's higher than 19 actually. But yeah, no, I'm just really enjoying playing through the main story quest. It's going, yeah, a lot faster than I was expecting because I'm just sticking to the main story. Whereas in the past, I've always kind of gone and done loads of side quests, tried to level up another class. But this time, I'm like, nope, sticking with my current class. 
I'm about nearly 10 levels higher than the main story wants me to be. So wow. yeah, it's, um, I think it gets a little bit more difficult later on, but you know, I've got a nice, um, I think I've got an earring because it's, I don't know if it's like some kind of pre-order bonus from a previous thing, but I've managed to get a, um, like a, a decent XP boost. So it's, uh, nice. Yeah. So th- I think that's helping as well. But yeah, it's um, I'm playing on PS5, still loving the controls on there. I'd recommend 100% if you are, if you're looking, if you're worried about having a con uh, about playing like Final Fantasy 14, which is obviously an MMO on a controller because you've only got access to like a PS5 or PS4 or whatever. Don't worry. Um, it controls really, really well. The only problem is that you're not going to be able to really type quickly. But if you do get one of those little cheap uh, Logitech. How much are those Logitech key Bluetooth? No idea. I'm sure they're really. I'm gonna say they're really cheap, and it'll be like seventy pounds. Uh, Why did G Hub just come out with Logitech in the corner? Did it hear you? No, it's because the my mouse goes to sleep. Oh, uh, I was like, did it just hear you say Logitech, and it came up on the screen? No, because that's clever. Kit mouse. Um, and... See, I I still like to click on things in that game. You can still. Uh, yeah. I I I play by just clicking everything, literally oh. solely mouse. I don't use shortcuts. It's, uh, I think it's, yes, this one. It is the, yeah, the MK270, it's £20. You get a mouse and keyboard for £20. It's great. It's really, really good. Um, Yeah, so definitely keep trying to do that. Uh, I'm continuing, I need to do some more of that off stream because I'd like to level some other things. And yeah, I'm looking for. The gatherers? Yeah, the gatherers are fun, but I, yeah, stalled a bit with that because when you're gathering, you're obviously getting loads and loads of. Uh, like rocks or wood or crystals and all this stuff, and it just eventually builds up. And eventually, because then you have to kind of use that to craft, use that material to craft something. And then you have to have a bunch of those to craft a final product, and your inventory just gets swamped. I was going to say, that must be a nightmare for Mm. the inventory. Anybody that's trying to, like, level all of their crafters and gatherers at the same time must have some serious inventory management uh, Mm. system going on. Um, Yeah, it's... uh, yeah, that's one. So I'll yeah be doing that. I'm looking forward to it as well because um, I've had like a kind of a sub goal for a while that's popped up and it said like as soon as I reach 100, we'll do a 12 hour stream. Uh, but instead I'm going back to the, you know, get some beans after if you reach five because I want to Uh-oh. do, I want to save my 12 Not hour stream. Oh God, yeah. Beans, beans, the magical fruit. The more you eat, the more you toot, the more you toot, the more you eat, the more you sit on the toilet seat. Those, yeah. Yeah. So those. Um, but then I've been, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say now. Yeah. So the 12 hour stream is going to be when, as soon as I hit the credits at the end of a realm reborn, and then there's the dreaded kind of huge amount of, huge I number of, that bit. of patches and, and quests to heaven's ward. I'm going to do a 12 hour stream and, and do as much of that as possible in one go. Cause, uh, otherwise Just whack through it. Exactly. Just willy whack it all the way through. So that's that's what I need to do to uh, to finish Stormblood. Yeah, well, maybe <laughs> I you thought can... I'd finished it, and then because the story was kind of rounding off, and then it turns out it wasn't, and there's actually loads left. Because I was thinking, oh, maybe the story finishes at level like sixty-eight. Um, yeah, why would you think that? I was confused. Well, because when you said then that. I thought, well, maybe there's like extra side quests to get you up to seventy. Um, but no, it turns out I've still got more story to do. Oh yeah, no, so that... that's annoying. Those main story quests tell you the progression through the expansion you are. Mm. So uh, it's annoying. It, and also, 
sticking just to the MSQ, you're not always the right level to, mm. to do the next one. So then it forces you to have to go and do some leveling. And I'm like, no, don't want to do that. Mm. <laughs> but I'm getting there slowly. I am, I'm level 68 now. So I'm surely near so the end of the nice... now. Surely. Yeah. If you're doing Shadowbringers the... awaits. And honestly, as soon as, like I said, even now, I should be just start paying attention a little bit to the story. And then once those credits hit, be like, oh, I need to work out. And even though it's going to start off with a weird quest and it'll do something and you are not sure how it's linked to what's going to happen, just be prepared because it is amazing. Mm. Yeah, Fates is one way to level up as well. I think I was literally about 10 XP off leveling up and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I had to just go and do a duty or something. Can you just kill? Well, I think I did in the end just go and kill something, but it was like, come on. Oh, so close. Have you finished your hunting log? Oh, I gave up on that a long time ago. <laughs> wow. Oh, I love the hunting log. Second yeah. I see an animal that's got like a thing that says, this is part of your hunting log. Being, uh... Yeah, but you know me. I need I need a story to like get me through stuff. So just doing things for the sakes of it is, I find tricky. I like a, I like a story to keep me entertained. Oh. Well, what about you? What have you been playing this week, Ed underscore Knight? So... We talked a little bit about Forspoken last week. Yes. Um, and I finally finished that at the weekend. So I can finally give a sort of final verdict. On and that. is it as amazing as you initially thought? No. Oh. But it's also better than I feared it might be. Um, I mean, we talked about it last week. It, The story is not great. The dialogue is not great. The characterization is not great. Um, but it has a really fun magic system and exploration and a really interesting world. Um, and for me, that is very throughout, throughout the game. That is very clear. Um, the penultimate chapter just sort of dumps a load of story on you, um, at the end and sort of tries to give you some explanation. It's almost as if they ran out of time and budget and just rushed to finish it. Yeah. Um, but then there's like what, 300 different spells to learn or something. Mm. And this huge world that you barely, barely get to in the main story so it kind of feels like they came up with a really good world, interesting systems, but then they didn't come up with a good enough story to actually make use of that. Can and we... so if you just mainline the story, you're not actually seeing a good like two thirds of the game at least. Yeah. Can we bring up the thing? So spoiler alert for anybody that's going to be playing uh, for Spoken. Can we talk about the third? So there are these four Tantas that you have to fight. Um, the fourth one. So like I said, this is a spoiler um, Tim goes to Dancing Rector on a Wednesday. Yes, it's been like this for three months now. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, Tim. Welcome, welcome. Um, but yeah, so there are four uh, of these that you have to kill. They're like the big four bosses. But the fourth one is like a big final, ultimate final boss. Uh, no, don't mean me. I'm not obser- observant either. But yeah, so the, you have to kill the first three and then you can, you know, you get access to the fourth one, which is the big boss blah, 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 you know, story. The first one you fight, yeah, you get there, you go through, you fight the big boss. Second one, you go through their little area of the map and then you fight the big boss. What happens in the third, Ed? Um, there's a twist and you don't fight one and then there isn't a fourth. I thought the yacht thought she was the fourth. Yeah, we don't fight her. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. Without but, spoiling too much. Oh no, I like um, said, there's a big spoiler, but the third one, you turn up and they're already dead. So yeah, and it, there's like no 
explanation other than, oh, she must have probably used her energy from uh, helping you do this mission, so obviously she's, she's there's, dead. There's a little bit more explanation than that, but... it, it do, They would have probably... They should have had a fight. And I think the... Do you think that that fight was maybe a little bit too extra budget? I think budget? what ultimately has struck me about that game, and it's something that, again, not to toot my own horn, but when I previewed it, struck me then... Um, is a real clash between East and West. So the team that made Forspoken um, was the development team in Japan um, at Luminous Productions. And they came up with, you know, the character designs and the graphics and the programming and the world and the gameplay. And the story was then done by an American team. And the all the acting, I mean, Ella Belinsky is is British, um, but the actors, other than her, I presume, were mostly American or found in America. So a lot of that was done in America. And um, I think there's just a real disconnect between those two teams because there's such a disconnect in the game between those two things. Like I say, the sort of Japanese side of the the world and the, the, the magic and the gameplay, all of that, I think, was great. And then the American side of things... Um, they came up with a story that just doesn't mesh well with that world. It doesn't make the most of that world and seems a bit sort of forced in order to give you a sense of direction and something to do. And it just feels like those two things haven't really meshed together into a cohesive game. Um, and that's a real shame because not to shit on the American side too much, but if you scrapped all of that and <laughs> stuck with the like cool fantasy world with magic, you'd probably have a really good game. And it just feels like they have not worked very well together. Um, which is a bit disappointing. So I still think there's a really good game in there. It's it's a really decent 7 out of 10 game that I would definitely recommend for people to play. But I would say don't go and spend 70 quid on it. But once it comes down on price or appears on PlayStation Plus or whatever else, definitely give it a go. Um, because it's definitely, I think, worth trying. Even if you're thinking, oh, the dialogue sounds terrible and all the memes, ignore that. It's worth giving it a go because the gameplay itself is really good. So ultimately, I really enjoyed it, but I do think it is a flawed experience. Mm. And um, that was that was forespoken. Yeah, uh, it was interesting looking at the credits because there were the vast majority of those credits were um, obviously people from Japan. So it'll be interesting to see how much the West side actually played a part. Because like the producers and stuff, they were Japanese. Mm. Exactly. What else have you been playing, Ed? So once I finished that, I could finally start a game that I was very, very excited to play. Heart of... Um, no. What? It was a joke. What were you going to say? Heart... No. Whore? Carry on. I was... I was the wizard game. Oh, no. <laughs> um, horticulture. Yeah, yeah that. Um no, last Wednesday, after the podcast, was the Nintendo Direct, and they announced, as an immediate release, Metroid Prime Remastered. Ooh. And it is incredible. Like, actually incredible. Um, right. You can hush. I didn't, say a, I didn't say a thing. I saw the look on your face. Just because you played 30 seconds of Metroid Dread and decided that you just hate the entire oh. series. It it's it's it, it's an old game that's great for people who've got nostalgic feelings for that game. No, absolutely not. So, um, Metroid Prime 
was the first 3D Metroid game. It came out on the GameCube, and um, it was the first time that, that a Metroid game had been in 3D. It missed the N64, um, and the previous game had been on the SNES. And the 2D games are basically the template for Metroidvanias. And, like, Metroidvanias are everywhere nowadays. And that basically stems from Metroid, uh, Super Metroid on the SNES and Castlevania Simply the Night on the PS1, which is where the term came from. That is also an incredible game that you probably won't like, but it's incredible. Mm. Um, and people were really worried when Metroid Prime um, came out because people were worried, well, how can they translate that gameplay into 3D? And then they saw it as first person and everyone panicked because they thought, hang on, like Halo's just come out on the Xbox and Metroid is not a shooting series. It's a series about adventure and exploration. And people were really worried at the time because they saw first person with with her gun arm and thought, no, 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 they're turning it into a shooter. Um, and actually, um, I can see chat and people are jumping ahead for what's coming up in the headlines. Don't, so yeah, Yamino, you, 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 you keep the, don't spoil um, the news. <laughs> um, so people were really worried about Metro Prime. And actually... Um, what they they really successfully translated that sort of Metroidvania 2D gameplay into a 3D game. The best way I can explain it is that it's basically like one continuous Zelda dungeon, except for it's with shooting and aliens in space, and it's sci-fi. Um, but it is very... Um, Nobody heard that sound effect, only you, so it's great. I can use sound effects on you and no one else can hear. I heard you saying boring. I didn't say it. You can pipe down, Benjamin. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, it looks like a shooter, but it's not. It, it's genuinely much more about puzzle solving. I mean, there's a lock-on. Like, you have to lock on to enemies like you would in a 3D action game. Um, so it is brilliant. Um, and the gameplay still stands up today. Um, the The world is great to explore. It had so many really cool ideas um the fact that they put it in first person they really played with that so there were all these little visor effects um the the, the hud looks like it's part of her visor if you go through steam you get steam effects the rain drips on it um bugs splatter on it um and if there's an explosion then you get a flash of light and it means you can see her face reflected in the visor give me um, five reasons why i haven't finished yet okay um so they do that, which is really cool. They have different um, visors that you collect. So you've got a scanning visor to, to scan the environment. You get um, a thermal visor to see heat signatures and x-ray to see like in the dark and stuff. Um, but where it really, really thrives is in its atmosphere. Because the thing with Metroid is that it's you alone, isolated on this planet. And you're completely alienated, literally. Aliens everywhere. And everything on this planet wants to kill you. Um, and it's just, it's moody and atmospheric and you're just on your own. But then the music's pulsing and you're exploring and it just has the best atmosphere. And Metroid Prime, for me, is like the best example of that in the entire Metroid series. It's absolutely brilliant. And if you haven't played it, this remastered version is the best way to do it, uh, to play it, because they have not only improved the visuals, which are way better than the than the GameCube original, they've added so many new textures and lighting, and it is genuinely one of the best-looking Switch games. Like, better than a load of other stuff, even though you'd think, oh, it's an old game. They have redone all the visuals, and it is genuinely one of the best-looking Switch games. But they've also completely changed the controls. 
So originally it was all controlled only with one stick. And they've now added in dual stick controls so you can play it more like a shooter. So it's much quicker, it's much more fluid, it feels amazing to play, it looks incredible. The soundtrack is giving me all the nostalgic feels of playing this when I was like 15 on the GameCube and loved it. And it's just the best fucking experience. Um, genuinely, it's one of the best games ever made. Um, on you, you need to shush. Please, listeners and chat, listen, agree, like, listen to me and ignore him. Metroid Prime is incredible. Please go and play it. Not for me. I guess I'll stop now because you're not interested. I'm. People might be interested. I'm sure. Yeah, it's just not for me. But why do you think it's not for you? Because it looks a bit boring. It's not. How is it? How is it look oh, boring? Going from room to room, shoot some aliens, then going back because another door can be opened because you've got some magic key. It's just not really my cup of tea. Do you know what? Give us five reasons. You can fuck off and play Destiny then. Give us five reasons. That's just shooting aliens from room to room. There are no puzzles in that. There's no Ooh, decent you haven't platforming. Seen the latest There's one. no exploration. Platforming. Destiny is like built on platforming. Um, but anyway, give us five reasons why you would... I've given you a five-minute spiel. You okay, weren't well. listening to that, were you? No, so you're not having your five Five reasons. bullet points, please. It's good. Go play it. Please. Honestly. Metroid Prime. Incredible. If it comes to Game Pass, I will. I'll give it a go. All right. It's also only 30 quid, so it's half the price of a normal game release. And well worth it. Do you know what is included in the um, Switch membership? Wario Land. Wario Land 3. Come no. on, then. Give me five reasons I should play Wario Land 3. Uh, the music's... Great. It's the best looking Switch game that there is. Um, well, you, you, you're you throwing around that that uh, thing, apparently, willy-nilly. Uh, it's got some great hidden no, I meant it. rooms. Good. Great and amazing boss battles. And it you get to control Wario, which is ten times... Who is ten times better than Mario. And Samus is ten times cooler than either of them. I'm sure he is. <laughs> Don't you dare misgender Samus. <laughs> uh, How very dare. Now, do you know what they need? Louis, no, Waluigi Land. Waluigi Land. Nobody wants to play that, Ben. Waluigi Land, that's what they need to bring. Right. Anyway. Yeah. I, I hope... You are proud of yourself for upsetting not only me, but the chat. Apparently she's a trans icon. I, I don't think she, she is, is she? Well, she's she's definitely a feminist icon. Good. Because the first... Do you know why? Because people weren't expecting it to be female. Exactly. And in the first game, everyone just saw someone in a suit and everyone just presumed it was a man because people presume these things wrong. And then at the end, she said, thanks for playing. And she took her helmet off and everyone was like, oh, shit, she's a woman. And men did not expect that. And then men were awful and tried to make her naked. And she doesn't need to be because she's cool enough in her suit. All right. <sighs> well, have you been loving anything else that I can be meh about? Not if you're going to do that. But let's see what the chat have been playing, shall right. we, in okay. Discord. And then you can you can hate on them instead. Good. Right, let's Honestly, see. Honestly, I don't know why I do this. 
Because it's, it's funny. Um, right. Apparently it was confirmed that she's trans. There you go. Oh, well, still. If only she was in a good game. All right, then. There's a lot of Minecraft chat, so... Speaking of I don't know games. What, speaking of... Go on, then. Tell us. So, Riley has jumped back and forth between Minecraft and Minish Cap. Now, that is a game I haven't started yet, and I want to. Um, and I don't know if it counts as a game, but there's an app I use called Happy Color that I've... Color is spelt wrong, though. There's no U in it. Um, Happy Color that I've spent way too much time on in the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't know what that is, Riley. So I can't tell you if it counts as a game or not. Yeah, you have to tell us what they are. <laughs> Otherwise, we're like, I don't know. Great. But I'm sure it's a lovely app. Yeah. Um, Mr. Wibble upgraded Minecraft to 1.19.3. That sounds confusing. Too many numbers. Uh, and played. Good. Uh, and I'm so hyped for all the new stuff that 1.20 will bring. It's not just bamboo wood. Um Minecraft uses a, an annoying kind of thing. They don't call it, like, for example, 1.10 and then 1.11. 1.11 is not like a smaller version. It's not like a, a smaller iteration of 1.10. It's like the next patch, which is a very annoying, I know, because it's like, it's it's 1.10, but they call it 1.10. When are we going to get Minecraft 2? 1.20, yeah. 1.21, they always say, which is yeah, that's not correct. Silly. Yeah. Uh, Miss Wibble also played more Forspoken, and I made at least some progress in the storyline. I'm starting to think that if you just follow the waypoints, you'll get uh, tough and potentially long fights, but will be able to finish the game as well. I will say you're even just from the MSQ, you're quite overpowered, to be honest. But I did a few extra bits. Um, not me, though. I still get distracted by the loot and stat upgrades and chests everywhere on the map. Same. That is a very good way to play it. Can I say with Minecraft, did they go from like 1.9 to 1.10? Because that is not correct. It should be 1.09. Yeah. Even I know that. And I don't even do numbers. No. Shocking. Use, useless. Randy Pasta, also been playing Minecraft this week. I've been playing with... Was there a big update this week? Is that um, why people are playing this? I don't know. Maybe there's a server that people are playing on. Have I missed something? Mm. Maybe. Um, Randy Pasta, I've also been playing Minecraft this week. I've been playing with friends on a server with the Vault Hunters mod pack. It adds randomly generated dungeons to fight through, so the challenge is never the same. There's also a bunch of new items added and an RPG-like progression system. That game that has got endless amount of possibilities. Clearly. Sarah Kay, add me to the Minecraft group. Honestly, you lot. Go play Metro. Um, I've been messing around with some of the more technical sides of things, figured out how to flip builds around, and last night did a build in a creative world, then created my own schematic from it, never done that before, right. and placed it into the server. I have no idea what any of this means. I'm actually kind of proud of this two-year Minecraft journey I've been on. And we're proud of you, Sarah. Um, I remember so clearly the first time I played, the day Ben's server opened, and I had to jump in a voice chat with Lovebun, who had to patiently mm -hmm. explain to me how to break a chest, place a block, and rescue me when I fell into a hole... That was only two blocks deep, but I had no idea how to get out. For at least a month, my plot there was a blue bed sitting on a huge plot of grass with blue flowers that everyone else on the server would find and plant for me because building seemed like such an overwhelming task. Now I'm basically a Minecraft genius. Nice. That's good, yeah. Congrats to you, Sarah. <laughs> Jinx says, I remember when she fell in that hole. Yeah. <laughs> We've all fallen yeah. in a hole at one point or another. Yeah. And, and not been able to get out. This was podcast his... is my hole. Uh, do you want to call me that? That's fine. Clue said, uh, this is a community that Ben built. I mean, it was built on the back of Minecraft too. It was mainly Animal Crossing, actually. 
Animal Crossing is how a lot of people. Then you here dropped it. Me. And then you started Minecraft. Not, there's a and then you dropped dro it. There's a difference between dropping it and just moving on to something different. Nintendo dropped it. Yeah, they did. If my, they, if they kept bringing out like you know they were adding stuff on monthly on a monthly basis, and I had the time to stream every day, then maybe I'd have honestly, stuck with it. Animal Crossing should have been like a free to play, always on game. I agree. Would have been much better. I'd have paid for the battle pass. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Madam Knees, I finally picked up a little to the left, which we played. Mm. Uh, which, given how mine and Ed's tastes align, I guarantee Madam Knees has played Metroid and loves it. Um, has been very enjoyable so far. I also really enjoyed a playing, uh, enjoyed playing as a noble council member in The King of the Castle, which is a party game via web browser or Twitch chat, where the main person plays the monarch trying to keep control of their kingdom. And everyone else tries to seize power for their faction through voting, deciding on schemes and funding infrastructure. Really great fun and also includes they them options. Lovely for both the streamer and chat to use, which alters dialogue and titles. Highly recommend. I wasn't fussed by Little to the Left. It wasn't as kind of ingenious as something like Unpacking. I quite liked it. It was quite satisfying. But also, maybe I'll just play on my own without you ruining everything. I did not ruin it. Really? 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 Uh, clues, because Ben is an influencer. What? Thank you, Clues. A bad influencer. Yeah, I mean... Um, I've been addicted to Watch Dogs Legion. Yeah, we've got is this. That, is that because of the skull that you yeah. actually can't see because it's here? Yeah. <laughs> um, Fun game. And, and playing a bit of Dead Cells on the side. Now, Dead Cells is a great game. Dead Cells is my favourite roguelike. Well, it's also influenced by, guess what? Metroid. Oh, no, it's much better. No, it's not. Metroid was one of the first games I ever played. On the Game Boy. Actual Metroid. Metroid 2. Yeah. That's the first one I played as well. Mm. I didn't get past, like, the... It's very hard. <laughs> I literally was like, I can go to these four different screens, and I can go up here if I want, but I have no idea where I'm meant to be going or what I'm meant to be doing. That you, could kill the things. You just kill the jellyfish. I did. Good. That That's what you have to do. That's I fine. don't even think I remember the button for the for shoot. It was, yeah. On a Game Boy, is either A or B? I don't think it was, though, was it? Yes. <laughs> oh, I like I'm pretty playing... sure A was jump and B was shoot. I mean, I was There's just obsessed... literally no other buttons. I was just obsessed with Alleyway and Wario Land 2. Alleyway that you don't have to press anything for? Alleyway, yeah. Move left and right. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Great. Mm. Anyway, Clues is playing Watch Dogs Legion. Um, personally, it's an amazing game. Released at about the same time as Cyberpunk 2077... Watchdog Legion is set in near-future London where you cycle through a ragtag team of ordinary people joining a resistance against a totalitarian, abusive and power-mad state. The game's politics are oddly prophetic and may land a little too close to home, for us especially being in the UK. Yeah. Uh, the devs have really made London a powerful character of its own here. Debatable. Um, from the pristine fountain before Buckingham Palace to the it's not pristine, it's honestly, definitely yeah, not. It's that's wrong. Dirty to the rubbish-strewn back alleys of Camden Market. That sounds more like it. Yeah. Um, anyone can be a hacker, and that makes everyone dangerous because you choose who to recruit, and you can recruit anyone off the street. The missions are immensely varied and dependent on your preferred playstyle. Be it hacking into camera systems, controlling drones to do stealth missions, bare-knuckling your way into strongholds, or making everything go boom. It's up to you how you want to approach each mission. And the story. Oh man, the story. Powerful, engaging, and very satisfying twists. A very, very strong recommend for Watch Dogs Legion. Definitely a game up there for me. I have it in there. I've played it for about an hour, and I kind of hated London. <laughs> 
but that's because I've lived in London for over 10 years. And like going around the map, it's actually quite well done in that I could um, sort of work my way around without using the map um, because it's it's fairly um, fairly accurate. But they have missed out a lot of things. Um, yeah. So like they missed out most of Soho, which is the gay area, which pissed me off, um, and various other bits. And I appreciate they can't put everything in, but their choice of things to put in was not always accurate. What really irritated me, though, is all the Cockney accents, because every single person in that game is like, all right, Gav, now I'm from London. Do you know what I mean, mate? And, like, nobody talks like that here. Tommy. No. Like, very, very, okay, very, very few people in London actually speak like that. If you're walking around London, you're not going to hear, all right, mate, how's it going? You're more likely to hear someone speaking, like, French or German or Italian or Spanish or Chinese or, like, any other language Irish or have an Irish accent like London is so metropolitan and yet in this game everybody simply saw that mate and it just really irritated me um, yeah I played Watch Dogs Legion on launch day I think I did like a full day stream of it um, enjoyed it but it was nowhere near as good as Watch Dogs 2 if, you en- if you're enjoying Watch Dogs Legion play Watch Dogs 2 if you haven't already because that is a brilliant brilliant game um, it's kind of yeah tongue in cheek set in San Francisco very kind of Silicon Valley taking the piss. There's a million references of Scientology. You know, there's Elon Musk in there. Like, there's so many really cool uh, like parodies in that game. Uh, so definitely go and try that one. Yeah, Watch Dogs Legion, though, I did stream it, and we had Lisa, who had a really thick London accent, and she was this ropey old... Oh, she was great. ...bar. <laughs> yeah, the person that props up the bar. She was and rough as a badger's ass. It was... <laughs> Great. Um, and then, because I was playing with the mode where if they die, that's it, you have to recruit someone else. When she died, there was so there was upset, because it was like a good, like, I had her for like a good six hours or so, and then, yeah, she... Poor Lisa. Poor old Lisa. She was trapped, I think, in a stronghold, and we were just surrounded, and drones were attacking us from every single angle, and she, she died. And oh, then okay. we brought, then, yeah, yeah, it was, then we tried to, then I brought my second longest... Uh, mem- gang member to go there and they died as well and I was like this is this is just horrific yeah um, I think there's some really good gameplay in that game and I think if I stuck with it I'd probably enjoy it I just yeah. got irritated by the accents as my sort of first impression and then mm. there were other games to play but yeah. maybe I should go back to it yeah it says London has a pretty posh English accent right no definitely not Um, the posh English accents are like from the home counties so it's like the the belt around the, the people that can afford to live outside yeah. of London <laughs> It's interesting because when you talk to people in Spain, like Madrid is the kind of the very typical Spanish, like the proper Spanish accent of people in Madrid. Whereas, yeah, London, no. People who live in London don't are going to have really thick. Usually, like if they are like a somebody that is kind of born and raised in like, you know, Camden or in Croydon, even though that's not technically London, I know. Uh, but they're going to have like really sh- kind of strong London accents. But the very posh one is... Yeah, it's from like the the green belt around London. Those people that live in their three million pound houses that are would cost about three hundred thousand in the north. In but sorry, but because it's near a train station that goes directly to London's King's Cross, then um, yeah, that is worth three million. Yes, many do have thick Australian accents. That's the thing. You will hear so many other accents other than like typical British. In London, because it's just such a metropolitan city. And that's one of the reasons I love London, because you can meet so many people from different backgrounds and and from different cultures with different languages and accents. And I love that. 
And that for me was not represented in Watch Dogs Legion. So I got to speak to That's somebody. Very I got opinion. to speak to a stranger today. You I, spoke to a stranger? Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> well, I went to... Did, were you not taught to not speak to strangers? Well, I went out for lunch and I went to sit and there was this very small table, like for, for two people kind of. Um, and I sat on one and I was eating and a person said, can I sit there? And I said, no. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Because I was like, no, this is like a tiny table for like maybe two or one person. I'm, I'm not having a random stranger on that table with me. Good. So yeah. I would also do that. Just go. <laughs> so they had to. No. Yeah. So, I just, so they, so they ended up just like waiting for five minutes, holding their food until. Did you not put it. a bag on the chair? Well, I like covered the entire table with my stuff. Yeah. So, no, they can't sit there. They can wait for a table for somewhere else. Go and sit outside. Uh, no, you don't want to eat. Do, uh, they can do that. But that's what I mean. Yeah, like, I hate eating Sorry, outside. this is my table. You can go outside with the pigeons. Yeah. Shocking. No. Absolutely not. Anyway, thank well, you for that, clues. Thomas says, as a Norwegian, I would, just, I would just sit down without asking if I felt like I needed to sit down. Is that not Norwegian? I thought Norwegian's the And polite. then, as a Brit, if someone did that to me, I'd probably just sigh and tut until yeah. they left. <laughs> I'm not rude. I just like my personal space. Uh, yeah, I do as well. Speaking of Norway, I went to Norway and we took a train from Oslo to Drammen, which is quite fair long. And it was a really packed train. Like there was there were no seats. There were a couple of people standing up and it was dead silent. Absolutely nobody was speaking on the train. Even like I was with Mel and Manon, uh, one of my that's long... the beautiful sound of silence. Yeah, one of my longest friends through, through Twitch. And we were like whispering to each other and we were the loudest people on the train. And that was like us whispering because it was just so... Did Quiet. people have headphones on, or was it just people weren't talking? Just weren't talking. They were just sitting there in silence. Oh, that's the dream. Mm. I don't need people talking. Oh, Thomas says, uh, yeah, you don't dare talk on the train, Ben. Everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the train is quiet. Okay, <laughs> when can I move to Norway? Oh, I mean, <laughs> I need this in my life. If I can get, you know, the wages that people get in Norway, happy. Happy to. Thank you for the follow as well, by the way. Yeah. Right, Debs has been very busy, as Debs is every week. Um, playing some more demos from the Stream Next Fest. Mm. Um, Book of Hours demo. I had really hoped this would be such an interesting game. However, the demo came without any kind of tutorial, so I was just left guessing and clicking what I thought was right. You're supposed to be or become a librarian that restores an occult library of some sort, but sadly I had no idea what I was doing and had to end this demo. Checking out some of the reviews on the Community Hub on Steam, a lot of players also had the same issue and didn't know or understand what to do. Still some work for the devs on this one. Well, hopefully when that comes out, they'll add a tutorial and then maybe it'll be good. Yeah. Um, Fabledom. Loved the art style of this game and it seemed like it had an interesting story to it. Fabledom is a city builder set in a fairy tale world setting mm. and you start off building roads, houses, a lumber camp, farm, etc. As you grow your settlement, more people come to your village and you have to keep expanding. The only issue I had was that when I had to place my stone camp, there was no stone in that part of the map I had chosen, and I could not buy any neighbouring plots of land yet. Overall, this looks like the type of city building game you can spend tons of hours in. I like the idea of fairy tale city builder. Yeah, fairy tale city builder. That sounds cool. Has there been any before? Maybe. Hmm. Hmm. Also, Fabledom, are they they playing on Fable there? Mm. I guess, maybe. 
Um, an espresso tycoon. Now, this sounds like a coffee game. I'm interested. Give me more, says Debs in capitals. I think she's had too much caffeine. Yeah, um, more espresso. Too much espresso. Uh, this demo was too short, or I just enjoyed it too much. The game starts off with you owning a coffee truck in Cape Town. You first start with a customization of your truck, where you choose color, name, logo, and font style. I spent a good 10 minutes making decisions there. Excellent. Then you go through the basic gameplay, camera angles, coffee menu customization, how to order items. You then learn how to check customer reviews and make adjustments where needed. You can also decorate your area with tables, chairs, lamps, and pet bowls. We love a pet bowl. We love pets. Uh, then there is the coffee customization menu where you can create your own coffee. Yes. Choose a mug or cup, add shots of espresso, hot cold water, uh, milk, ice cream, and even mayonnaise or Tabasco sauce. Mm. I did not add those to my coffee. Tabasco uh, coffee. Bonus, there is a breakdancing pigeon. Mm. Wow. Wow. Breakdancing pigeons and coffee. I'm into this game. Yeah. Um, also, I've been back into Dwarf Romantic. Still trying to get that high score. My most being 25k. And some Sims 4. Free now, base game. I can't remember what sort of score I've got to on Dwarf Romantic. I think like 4k for me or something like that. Aww. I had no idea what I was doing. Poor you. Um, and then lastly, Ravi Lavi downloaded Fire Emblem Heroes as I'm rotating my mobile games. I don't really get what I'm doing, but thankfully there's auto battle. So that's nice. And then, of course, Final Fantasy XIV. My new thing is to listen to a funk playlist while doing daily roulettes. I also picked up Rogue Ninja on my main and Catgirl Alt, and it's nice to stab things. Do you <laughs> like stabbing things? Definitely. Are you offering? No. Oh. Uh, I've been... What was the new disco? That's the... That is the uh, playlist I've been listening to lately and I enjoy. New Disco. N-U. Yeah. Because no. apparently, I don't know why people pronounce no it like disco. that. Name. No Disco. Nude Disco. My favourite. Hmm. Ah, anyway. Very nice. New Disco. Has anybody been to a no Nude Disco? Let us know. Well, um, speaking of nudity, mm. shall we get to the headlines? Uh, this is the headline, sponsored by SwappingJoysticks.com. Do we sponsor it? We sponsor it. Where's the sponsorship money? Well, I pay money myself through it. Sure. Pay okay. 20 quid a month for uh, podcasting, hosting and all that. There we go then. Mm -hmm. Please so, sub. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, first off, we need to talk about vaginas in The Witcher 3. Do we? Yes. The Twitcher. So, um... <laughs> the Twitcher. Oh. No. Um... So the clitcher. There Look, we did come up with the sub the sub um subheading of clitbait and then decided not to do that. Money, I did, it was joking. Money, I was joking. Don't don't force people to subscribe. You've got um, a bean boodle now. I'm not having a bean. Okay, we'll have the bean. This is your after thing. the podcast. Yeah, that's your thing. The clitcher, exactly. <laughs> um so there was a next gen update. Um, for The Witcher 3, um, which is on PS5 and Xbox Series X and PC. And it adds various different updates to the game, and it includes some fan-made or community mods, which um, CD Projekt Red have um, commissioned, basically, and asked for permission to, to include. And then it turns out that some of the um, female monsters... Let's say, uh, in the game. Can't call it that. What? Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it is in like, is in like female vampires and sirens and stuff like that. Okay. Um, they have visible vaginas, 
um, i.e. they have um, vulvas, uh, textures, and some pubic hair. And that was you know not whoever, in the original game. You know whoever was making that is just a dirty old man. Probably. Um, and basically there was a bit of outrage for this, of like, well, why have they included this? Um, and um, CD Projekt Red said, sorry, this was a mistake. Uh, we're taking it out. And then people started looking into, well, which mod was this? And if you could scroll down. Oh, thank you. Um, so basically, uh, Kotaku actually um, broke this story. And they thought that the mod was the Vaginas for Everyone mod, um, which was a very popular mod, um, probably by some men. Um, and um, it turns out that Vaginas for, for Everyone, the, the mod creator, was not asked for permission. However, we at Eurogamer checked with CD Projekt Red, and they said that um, the vulva textures in question were actually part of the HD Monsters Reworked mod, and not the Vaginas for Everyone mod. Uh, and the creator of HD Monsters Reworked was um, was credited and compensated for the use of their mod. So it seems as if they sort of had this Monsters Reworked mod, and then someone kind of snuck in some, some, some extra vaginas, which were not intended. Um, however, they've also said, um, we want to also add that the removal of these elements, because they're going to be taking them out, um, is not intended as a statement against nudity or mature themes, but rather an attempt to maintain visual coherence across all character models. Including these textures in the game was not something we planned from the start. So you got to add genitalia to every monster. No, they're going to take them out so oh. that it's consistent across them all. But I mean, could they make it consistent by just adding genitalia to everything? That would be too much work, I'm sure. There will be somebody that would do it though for free. Oh, probably. I mean, CD Projekt Red, obviously with, with um, Cyberpunk, added in um, genitalia in the character creator. You can choose the size of your penis. You can choose if you want to have a foreskin or not. You can choose the You were shape playing that for hours. I was. Having a good old laugh at the ding-dong. Um, it didn't sound like you were laughing. It sounded look, like you were doing something. Oh, shush. Um, and and um, playing playing around with different types of pubic hair. You can also have a vagina, do similar things with that. Um, and the thing is, it's a first-person game, and your character is never naked, and even when they are in the shower, you look down, you don't see anything. So you go to all that effort in the character creator, you don't even get to see it. Not like Conan. Conan Why did was... I spend, like, hours trying to decide on penis size, only for it not to be visible? That was silly. Yes, but they need a third-person mod. Or a third-person yes. mode. When does it ever do that? Maybe they should. I mean, there's that expansion coming out at some point this year, isn't there? Yes, later there. Phantom Liberty. Do we know anything else about it, or is it just this is nope. an expansion? Um, it has um, Idris Elba in it. Mm. I'm interested to play that. I want to play Cyberpunk. Maybe I'll, that's the game that I'll play on my uh, Steam Deck. Maybe I'll play some on there, because I think there's cross-save as well, so I can even play it on PS5. And a then steamy dick on your Steam Deck. Exactly. Very nice. But I want to play because, you know, I mean, for example, Resident Evil Village, they brought out their DLC and they added like a third person mode, which apparently is terrible, but like they brought out three third person mode. They've got this other stuff. There's the VR mode, I think. Is that a free upgrade or is it part of yes. the DLC? So, I mean, if they can do that, then who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Cyberpunk will want to add some extra gameplay elements as well rather than just story. We'll see. Well, they could just have a game that plays well. That'd be nice. I think I've heard it does now. People like it. It's still buggy. It's had a bit of a, yeah, revival. 
Next up, um, we can talk about Atomic Heart. Now, this is a game from um, a developer called Mundfish. And um, it's basically this kind of alternate history Soviet fantasy about robots and stuff. It's sort of Bioshock with other bits. And um, the composer of the game, called Mick Gordon, who I believe is Australian, um, he has composed the music for the game. And he made a statement yesterday on Twitter that he has donated um, his entire fee for doing the game to Red Cross Australia's Ukraine Crisis Appeal, um, which is a very lovely thing to do um, to support people in Ukraine. Um, An interesting twist to this is that there is a bit of controversy with Atomic Heart in that um, there, there are various questions uh around the internet um people looking into things about the origins of mundfish and they claim to have their headquarters in cyprus and to be an international team um but if you look at the russian press they are very much a russian company or described as a russian company um it looks like there is russian money that has gone into funding this game um they had a very vague Don't spoil people it's fine. They had a very vague... Um, all of this is, is out on the internet. It's all known. Um, they had a very vague statement about the war in Ukraine, which was not very convincing about their views. Um, there were various bits and pieces, basically, as sort of controversial things about this game. Some people are literally calling for it to be completely boycott. Um, when did the war in Ukraine start last year? It started on the... Uh, Well, it it was the 23rd of February, I believe, because the 21st of February was when... Oh, Oh, that's the... Yeah, yeah. The 21st, Putin made a a statement um, about unifying the country, and then two days later invaded. Mm. Yeah, so 24th is when they invaded. And this game... When is uh, Atomic Heart out? It comes out on the 21st of February, which is the day that Putin made that statement. Mm. A year later. Hmm. Um, hmm. So, you know, it could be that this composer, I'm sure, is doing a very lovely thing and believes in um, supporting the people of Ukraine, which is great. Um, I got a statement from him, um, and um, thank you. And that was good. <laughs> hang on, scroll up a little bit. Um, uh, he said, um, "My motivations are solely to support the Ukrainian people afflicted by the conflict." While I understand the appeal of making a private donation, transparency is important, especially regarding issues as serious as the conflict in Ukraine. By making my donation public, I hope to show my support for the Ukrainian people, raise awareness about the conflict, and encourage others to consider donating. Um, There's maybe a slight other reason of, of, because of this controversy, is that also a reason to donate? Um, He added in his statement, I believe it is important to separate the actions of a government from the actions of individual citizens. The talented team at Munfish has worked hard for many years to create a unique and imaginative project, and I am grateful for the opportunities to have contributed to it. The game is a truly international effort, with 130 developers contributing to the project from more than 10 different countries. I deeply respect the artistry and creativity that went into the development of Atomic Heart, and I am grateful for the opportunity to work with the Munfish team. I also have a strong ethical and moral obligation to help those in need and stand up for what I believe is right. I hope that by making my donation public, I can also encourage others to consider making a difference. So he's doing a very good thing by donating his fee, um, but there remains some controversy around the game which uh, and the developer, which you can go and read about on the internet. Ah, oh, wonder when they can read that. 
there might even be a report in the next couple of days. You have to find out. If you watch this on YouTube, you should have a look on. Uh, all right, all right. Enough. A website. Next one. More bad news. Oh. And that now we're moving on to blockchain games from Square Enix. Ooh, all the good news this week. It's a very cool logo that they've got for it. It looks a bit like the Final Fantasy VII logo mm. with Meteor coming down. Colours. But this is a new game from Square Enix called Symbiogenesis. Um, and this was announced mm. towards the end of last year, but they have now revealed some more details about it. Um, this actually hasn't... Well, yeah, the press release wasn't actually from Square itself, but it is Square Enix. Um, and they have made this game that is going to be based on the Polygon blockchain, whatever the fuck that is. Um, and it's described as an interactive Web3 digital collectible art experience. Now, if you scroll down, I'm going to read to you the description of this game. And I would like for you afterwards to tell me what you think this game actually is. Okay. Because right. I googled about the metaverse and stuff late recently. So maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is the description of this game. Symbiogenesis will offer a unique experience built around digital collectible art that is tied to a storyline players will unfold in a virtual, turn-based adventure. The art evolves with each strategic move a player makes. The project is set on a mysterious floating continent where unique storylines unravel based on information obtained by holding digital collectible art that represents different characters. Players can unlock numerous engaging stories about this secretive world and its inhabitants by holding or trading digital collectible arts and can earn them by completing various missions. Players can also replicate and sell digital arts for their character, sharing their unique storylines with others and working together as a community to complete the mission. No idea. And yes, I know that Web3 isn't the metaverse, but it's like, but it kind of is, isn't it? Something? I don't know. I don't know. What is that? I have no idea. I mean, there's definitely like NFTs and metaverse kind of go hand in hand. Uh, but the thing is, like, the pe people who are really interested in NFTs and the metaverse have so much disposable income that they just want to waste on stuff. So that is why companies are doing this. They're not aiming, they're not targeting us. They're not targeting anybody in this chat that's looking at it unless somebody even understands it. But like, so they're, they're appealing to certain people that are going to give them some money and that's it. Yeah, and as Clue said, find and replace digital art with monsters and you have Pokemon. And that's what I don't understand about this style of game, is what about this has to be done on the blockchain? Because if this is just about collecting bits of art and sharing storylines, you could do this entirely without NFTs and the blockchain. So your sole reason for doing this is to try and make money out of people and scam them with stupid digital art that's meaningless when you could just do that without and just sell it as a game. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't understand the point of this. I'll read an extra little bit, which does explain it a little bit further, vaguely. Go back up again. Um, players can use Polygon, as in the, um, the blockchain, NFTs as utility items and freely trade them within the ecosystem. NFT collectibles can also be used as profile pictures and other ways by examining the world and finding various items. The NFTs allow players to access secret stories as holders uh, can determine if they want to keep the secret or share the information with others. So as I understand this, you buy an NFT, you get some fancy art, which has a story attached to it. 
you can then sell that to other people for them to see your bit of the story. And bit by bit, you then create, the more you sell, the more of the story you gain. Because then the game has multiple endings, but only three people who meet specific conditions will be chosen to participate in the final world mission. I.e. these are the three people that have spent the most money to gain the most story from these NFTs. It, it's completely a scam to make money. Like, I hate everything about it. Yeah. Like I said, it's aimed at certain people. None of those are us. Yeah. It's horrible. Mm. And and the guy from Polygon Labs who's like, oh, we're super proud to collaborate with Square Enix. And this just shows that big companies really want to work with, with, the, with the blockchain technology. And then it's like, no, they don't. Yeah, they're going up to Everyone who started like, hey. has cancelled and, and stopped it because they've realised that nobody wants this. God, do you remember the NFT weapons in a Ghost Recon Wildlands, I think? Yeah, Ubisoft had their whole platform that they've now yeah. completely got rid of because they realised nobody was buying anything. I mean, I wonder if these people have gone to Square Enix and been like, it's not going to cost you anything, but we can get you a lot of money. And they've gone, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Or is there somebody up there who's like really into this and has got way too much money and wants it to be a thing? Yeah. Anyway, in better news, that is related to Final Fantasy VII. Uh, we now have a date for the DLC in Power Wash Simulator, which is the 2nd of March, which now, is in two weeks' time. Yeah, that is the Thursday. Now, we obviously do Swap and Joseph's on a Wednesday. However, that week is the week that we have to move the podcast uh, to Thursday because you're travelling on the Wednesday and I've got um, a party i've got to go to have to go to of course uh, and then so on thursday yeah we, we move the podcast to thursday which is a perfect perfect timing yeah so on release day we will play this on stream um so there will be five levels requiring your cleaning attention which will include the hardy daytona motorbike which is the one that cloud uh, rides uh, and the shinra hauler the Scorpion Sentinel, which is the first boss. The Seventh Heaven Bar, which is Tifa's bar. Uh, the, I'm going to call it Mako, not Mako. Uh, it's Mako. Energy Exhibit. And the Air Buster. Um, so, yes. And that follows up the Tomb Raider DLC, which That's is already out. Just so fast, like so quickly after the other one. Exactly. What's the next? What would you like to see next in Power Wash Simulator? Um, Metroid Prime. I'd take Metroid Prime. Oh my god, you could clean her spaceship. That would be amazing. Mm. That would generally be really cool. I'd take that. I would like to see Animal Crossing. <laughs> but somebody going back to their island. Do you want to squirt on Tom Nook? Yes. But also like people going back to their island after 12 months of abandoning it and just seeing there's dirt everywhere <laughs> and they have to actually clean it. That would be... That is actually genius. <laughs> That's actually genius, to be fair. There we go. Do it. Do it, Power Wash. Although I don't think it is out on Switch, is it? Is it? Yeah. yeah okay. It just came to Switch. Switch right. and PlayStation. Yes. Well, there you go. Perfect crossover. Very nice. um, next up, some, uh, some news that happened. Oh. No, some news from, uh, from this afternoon. Um, there is a new killer coming to Dead by Daylight. Well, you know our audience. Um, and I know a lot of people here love love a bit we of DVD. An, we are an LGBTQIA plus podcast. Exactly. On <laughs> we Twitch. have to do our DVDs. On though. Twitch. Um, so this is this is the 27th chapter in DVD. 27th. How many have you completed? None. Um, it's called Tools of Torment, and it has a new killer called the Skull Merchant. So her real name is Adriana Imai, and she is a wealthy, high-powered... Um, tech executive who aggressively buys and absorbs smaller companies 
And then by day and by night, she um, she has an alter ego called the Skull Merchant, and she kills people with a big claw and some drones. Uh, it Female sounds Elon, Elon Musk, exactly. Or? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, there are going to be two new survivors who are Brazilian siblings called Talita and Renato Li- Renato Lyra, um, and they are going to have perks um, that are unique teamwork perks. So if you have both of them. Uh, in your survivor team, they will help each other, which sounds actually quite cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're going a bit techie for DVD. So that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's that's the news about Dead by Daylight. <laughs> your favorite game? I I yeah no I don't I don't hate it. And if you're playing with friends, it's it can be quite fun. But I've yeah yeah I've, I've played enough. I don't get people that can play it for a thousand hours, but that's just me. Yeah. Well done to them. So we're going to do a little quick look of Wild Hearts after this. So do stick around. Um, But the developer has already pledged that it's going to be addressing some performance issues. So the game is officially out next week, but there is a sort of early access thing on Game Pass through EA Play um, that you can play now. Um, And early reports have basically pointed to some not very good performance, um, especially on PC. Um, That quick look will be on Xbox. Yes, it will be on Xbox. Series X. Um, but um, yeah, it's um, it's not great on PC, and they've said that they're already going to be fixing that. So if you're interested in playing it, then um, wait for the uh, wait for the PC patch. I would say if you can mm. play on PC. There we go. Um, all right. And then last up, the news that was already spoiled in the chat um, yeah. is that we now have the next round of PlayStation Plus premium games and extra and extra games um for all of you ps plus subscribers now there are three things that are particularly interesting to me i think the first is that we are getting horizon forbidden west now this is obviously big playstation first party game they don't add these on ps plus very often but they are adding this in february almost to the day a year after it came out and so far, it seems as if a year might be the time frame for um, first-party PS5 games coming to um, coming to the service. Mm-hmm. Um, and the obvi- DLC is coming out. Yes, yeah, soon. Perfect timing. Because um, obviously, on Xbox, you get new games day one, and on PlayStation, you don't. But some of them will appear in PlayStation Plus, where everyone's thinking, okay, well, how long are we going to have to wait? And Returnal was a year. Final Fantasy VII Remake was a year. They need to bring um, into their advertising. Ghost of Tsushima was a year. You can play our PlayStation first party exclusives on day 366. Well, they don't want to advertise that because they want people to buy it because yeah. they want money. But there's definitely a pattern here. Um, it seems to me like Horizon is the obvious choice because it didn't sell that well at the start because it was overtaken by Elden Ring. And then it has sold progressively well throughout the year. However, that's only because it was in a bundle with the PS5. So everyone who bought a PS5 ended up getting Horizon, so it sold well. That game bundle has now um, been superseded by a God of War Ragnarok bundle. Mm. So now no one's buying Horizon anymore, so they might as well shove it on PlayStation Plus. So Mm. the game to buck this trend, though, is Ratchet & Clank, which is still not on PS Plus. And... Sackboy. True. Bring Sackboy. Was that wasn't that made by a different company? That Media Molecule. No, it wasn't. It was a different company, I think. Um, but Ratchet and Clank. Um, uh, that was Sackboy was. Oh, Sumo Digital. Sumo, yeah. 
Okay, it was published but by published Sony. By Sony. Okay, yeah. fine. Um, so there have been a few games that buck the trend. Ratchet and Clank, Sorry, I think, it is your, uh... fine. Ratchet and Clank, I think, is just very popular, so people are buying it separately anyway. Horizon, they're not. Um, but it's interesting that, uh, that that's finally coming. So we are getting some big, big budget first party PlayStation games on PS Plus. So we're definitely starting to get our money's worth now, which is good. The second point is that there are some other really good games coming. Resident Evil 7, your favourite? As a PlayStation Plus partner, I must thank you very much for doing my job for me here. <laughs> You're welcome. Resident Evil 7, and I'm really intrigued if, well, because I do a monthly sponsor stream for PlayStation Plus, if we ever have a theme one month that is horror, I've said I'm going to do Resident Evil 7, I'll be in VR, and I'll get you to read the chat out. Um, oh. So that will be, maybe I'll put you in Discord. Clip that. We'll hold you to it. There you go. The first two to three hours, because that, that's actually the really scary it part. It is the best bit, yeah. Um, Resident Evil 7 so yeah Resident Evil 7 is coming which I think most of the other Resident Evil games are on there maybe or maybe they're not actually I'm not sure I am intrigued Um, by the way to see whether 7 gets an upgrade to PSVR 2 because I think it's still only available in VR on PlayStation you can't play it on Oculus or anything else really? VR is only on PlayStation VR interesting well I know that Resident Evil Village has PSVR or will have PSVR 2 um, which Ed will be playing uh, as the when it is launched because we're going to be doing a PlayStation PSVR 2 launch stream when it comes is that coming out is that going to be available at launch maybe oh that'd be good so Ed will be getting stomped on by Lady Dimitrescu in VR I'm going to vomit if if that happens you're going to for many reasons (laughs) yeah you're going to love it Ed um but also they've got the quarry coming um, and like Borderlands 3, Scarlet Nexus, actually it's quite good. Um, and some other um, Square Enix JRPGs. Um, yeah, the I Am Set Sooner, um, Looks really cool. And the third one, which I am most excited about, is The Legend of Dragoon. Now this game I have wanted to play for forever. It came out on PS1. And basically, this was Sony trying to recreate the success of Final Fantasy VII with their own game, because Final Fantasy VII was huge. So they came up with their own um, JRPG. Um, Ben gets his phone out, doesn't care. Sorry, no. Um, They wanted to make their own JRPG, and it was trying to mimic the success of that. And... Oh, Raquel Welsh has died. Great. Really? Yeah. Oh. Um, (laughs) And... um, Basically, I think, from what I remember, I think it reviewed pretty well at the time. People really liked it, but they said that it was quite similar to... 7 out of 10. Yeah, but people liked it, but they felt that it was too similar to Final Fantasy and and other JRPGs, so it wasn't original enough. However, it's still considered a really, really good game, and it's very much a cult classic. I've been wanting to play this for forever. However, trying to find a physical disc of this, of the PS1, on eBay is like 150 to 200 quid upwards... Because people really want it and there aren't many copies. Um, I think, if I I might be mistaken here, but I think it came to PlayStation Network in America on PS3. So you could download it as a classic. But it didn't come to the PlayStation in Europe, or at least the UK, at all. So I haven't been able to download it and play it. So I think it now coming to PS Plus, this is the first time you can play it digitally in the UK slash Europe. I think. Uh, yeah, I was I think. researching it when I was on the train here and looking at it. And yeah, and it was £250 if you want a box copy of it um, on eBay. But yeah, I looked at the reviews and it seemed that, yeah, it was getting like 
three out of five, um, four out of five. I think Famitsu would give it like 31 out of 40, which they normally give a lot higher to. But like a lot of people said, they compared it to Final Fantasy and it wasn't anywhere near as good. Yeah, which is understandable because Final Fantasy VII is one of the best games ever. But this game still looks really, really good. Are and just stream it? as a... I don't think people will care about it on stream, but I will spend hours playing this because it looks great. And I've been wanting to play this for so long. Um, and it's just been this sort of cult dream over here somewhere that I will never play this game. And now I finally can. And it's come completely out of the blue that it's yeah. being added. No one expected this. Um, and suddenly it's like, bam, there's a classic. So I am very, very excited about this. Uh, the, uh, people... I think that's like the number one thing that people are t talking about. Uh, yeah. Now people moaning about, uh, oh, I wonder if Resident Evil 7 will get a PSVR 2 patch. I hope go. so. Because uh, yeah, it's great. It just had a very much a screen door effect on the Resident Evil 7 VR. Screen door. You know, like it's kind of mesh. As Clue says, it's a JRPG that Ed will download and install and not play. Well. Yeah. No, I, I will play it. I, I keep deleting games from his PlayStation and, his, uh, and the Xbox, and he has no idea. <laughs> like, genuinely, like, I'm just going to delete it. I'm not even going to ask him, because he'll say no. But then if I delete it, and then six months later, I go, oh, I thought I downloaded it. Never mind, I'll go and download it now. Ed, what was that random Star Ocean game or something that was on? You got that. Oh. <laughs> Did I? Yes. You got that and didn't want to play it, and I said, I'll play that at some point. So I deleted it. Didn't start it. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Well. Anyway, that was the last of the headlines. Do, do, do. All right. When I was 17, we are into the podcast. Right. Uh, do you want to uh, say goodbye and everything and that? And we'll go and do our... We're going to do a quick look of Wild Hearts Run Free uh, very, very soon, which is apparently, I've heard, a cross between Monster Hunter and Death Stranding. So I am all in. I don't understand the Death Stranding reference, but... Polygon sure. said it, so... And I trust Polygon. Of course. Um, well, go to swappingjoysticks.com for all of your swapping joysticks needs. Um, you can find the podcast, you can find our YouTube videos, our quick looks, our previous episodes. Uh, ben, where can people find you on Twitch and Twitter? They can find me on Twitch and Twitter. Uh, where can they find you, Ed? No, I'm no, a where? Big, I am Biggest Benus on uh, Twitch and Biggest Benus One on Twitter. And you can find me at Ed underscore Knights on both Twitch and Twitter. Mm. So thank you all for watching and listening. And check um, out our quick looks because they've been quite popular the last week when we did our quick look of all those demos. So yeah. we need to... We'll, and the one that we're going to do later of uh, Wild Hearts, I'm going to make... I'm actually going to edit it. You're going to do some editing for I'm once. I'm going to do some editing. It, so I mean, make sure you go and watch it because it might actually be good this time. Yes. <laughs> Please watch it. <laughs> so stick around for some Wild Hearts. Otherwise, we will see you all next Wednesday. Keep swapping. Run free.